These are the men. Nothing very unusual about them. Suburban guys like you or your neighbor. Until they decided to spend one weekend canoeing down the Kahulawasi River. Ed Gentry, he runs an art service. Wife Martha has a boy, Dee. Lewis Medlock has real estate interests. Talks about resettling in New Zealand or Uruguay. Drew Ballinger, he's sales supervisor for a soft drink company. Bobby Tripp, bachelor, insurance and mutual funds. Will you go in? All right, I'm looking. These are the men who decided not to play golf that weekend. Instead, they sought the river. Welcome, welcome to episode number 110 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Araj Zolachahi, and my co-pilots, minus one this evening for this week's adventure, the young, the restless, still the bearded one, Carlos Buargoyo, the man that's going to be heading out to New York Comic Con in three weeks with me, the man we call The Hole, the man we call Crunch Crunch, the man that used to be cheap but he's not anymore, Mr. Les is more Gonzalez. And the man we call El Hombre. Nope, not this week. He is still El Hombre, but he's not with us this week because he had practice. He was banding it up and guitaring it up with his band, Throw the Horns. So he can't make it this week, but he is sending us his Star Wars report via amazing technology of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, you are going to hear from Eric Struthers, and you are going to hear some Star Wars stuff. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening in, and um, sorry that we didn't have Eric. We normally record on Wednesday, and this week we had to record on Thursday because I was in New York City in Boston, and I was watching Hamilton on Broadway, and then uh, went to Boston to see Interpol live performance at the Orpheum Theater, but I got to hang out with the East Coast family, Johnny Grosso, Devin, we had Adam, we had Emily, we had Mike, and we had, of course, Fernando. Pappas couldn't meet us because he was at a concert. He's watching Ozzy. That's awesome. Yeah. He's watching Ozzy. And uh, we were already done at like one o'clock in the morning. So by the time Mike wanted to come, everybody was scattered and skedaddled. Yeah. And you'd already made your drunken phone call. Yeah. I called Eric. I called Les. And uh, the phone, people took the phone from me and I didn't see the phone for a long time. So I do yeah, not. Yeah. I got a phone call. Uh, I'm not responsible four, for anything that was said. Four in the afternoon Pacific time, right. meaning you guys were slopped 
at seven o'clock Eastern time. We were, of course. Yeah, we, we started at five. I was there a little late. Bunch of I low got there life at six, drunks. But those guys have been drinking, so <laughs> we joking. had a blast, and we were in Brooklyn, so that was really cool. And also, I want to give a shout out to the people we met at that amazing Boston crawling pub crawl. We did this pub crawl that you go to historical spots in Boston. We met these great people, amazing people from Utah and amazing people from Saskatchewan. That's cool. Regina. Yep. And we had a great time. We hung out. We drank. And they all subscribed, by the way. So hopefully they're listening. So we wanted a big shout out to you guys. You guys are the best. Thanks for uh, tuning in, if you are. And that's about it. That was my week. Just got back. How are you guys doing? Boo, how are you doing? First of all, Regina rhymes with fun. For those of you out there in Saskatchewan. Regina rhymes with fun. That's a good one. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm good. A little, I'm a little bit tired. I'm, I'm ready for the weekend, but I'm good. Everybody's working for the weekend, I heard. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, we all are. That's for damn sure. How are you doing, Loverboy? And by the way, I'm not calling Les Loverboy. That was just a Loverboy song that I referenced. Yeah. So it did sound a little weird that I said Loverboy to Les, but that's not my intention. That's not what I am either. How are you doing, Les? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Let's just keep it at that. No, we're, we're everything's good. There's no legitimacy to the uh, lover boy aspect. No, everybody's working for the weekend. That's going into the show. Everybody's working for the weekend. But yeah, there's no <laughs> legitimacy to the lover boy thing. <laughs> Your lover boy, they used to wear really, really tight red leather pants. Remember, and they had bandanas. Bandanas, yeah, that was their thing. They were glam ish. I don't know what they were. <laughs> they were glamish. <laughs> you want a piece of my heart? Let's move on. Were they a one-hit wonder? No, no, no. They had no. Oh, they had a bunch. They had like three. They they had, they had like uh, five-hit wonder. They had, yeah. half, they had side A of a cassette. <laughs> yeah. What's a what's anyway. a cassette? All their stuff at the end of the day, you can compile <laughs> you, a side A of a cassette. Yeah, fuck so, you, boo. <laughs> fuck you, boo. <laughs> By the way, you. there was a really cool. I got to go to Midtown Comics, which was amazing. Shout, you know, lesson, boo. You've heard of that place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Really cool place. And I got to go to the. We just stumbled upon this amazing comic book store in Boston, in Quincy Square, or whatever they call it, or Quizly Square. And Quiznos. hey, get it right. It's Quincy. It's Quiznos Square, isn't it, Quincy? It's supposed to be Quincy, but the people in Boston butchered it with their accents. I think oh, they call it Quincy, God, and it just remains you Quincy. Be careful, man! People beat up. your ass. You no, say no, it no. the wrong way, right? Okay, listen. My hatred for the Boston Red Sox is obviously known amongst the circles that I hang out with. I do not like the Red Sox because they beat my Angels every year in the playoffs for a good year, good amount of time. I got no problems with Patriots. My, I do have problems with the Celtics. I'm a Laker fan. And I don't have a problem with the Bruins. But I will say that walking into Fenway Park, where the Boston Red Sox play, I hate the Red Sox just a little less. And for me to say that, <laughs> it's a big deal. People from Boston, amazing people, great people, friendly. You know, my hatred has come down a bit. So well done, Boston. Well done. And I got to go to Cheers, by the way. And That's I got, until Mookie and I, Betts hey, and bombs I got, on the Angels, and then we get pissed again. It's true. Um, I went to Cheers, where they uh, the inspiration for the show and the restaurant and the bar uh, that was there, and I got myself a Cheers mug, and I drank a beer. I was sitting in Frasier's spot. They actually have a plaque that says Frasier's spot. Really? Yeah. Do they have it for everyone or just for Frasier? No, they have it for everyone. So Cliff Clavin has his yep, spot? Cliff has a spot. Norm has a spot. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So we definitely got to go to Boston. You, I think you both would really love it. It's, yeah. a, it's a cool town, man. Really cool town. And diverse. I didn't think it was that diverse. I mean, I might sound ignorant right now, but pretty diverse. 
which is very, very... I heard reggaeton all over Boston, by the way. I bet they ah. don't like it, though. I bet they didn't well, like the it. People in cars were playing it. I don't, you I'm know. sure they were, yeah. yeah. All right, that's enough about life itself. Let's get into the shenanigans. First of all, we'd like to thank Mr. Evan DeCellis for coming on last week and killing it on the podcast. Thank you, Evan. You're awesome. We really appreciate it. And we are a part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network with podcasts like now this podcasting Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmission, Z, It's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Finger with Rainy and Jason. By the way, First Order Transmissions. And now this podcasting, a big shout out to Mr. Corey Van Dyke, mm-hmm. who Boo got to hang out with at Disneyland this last Monday. Yeah, he awesome. is leaving for film school in Orlando, so he won't be on now this podcasting. We're going to miss him, and hopefully he does some First Order Transmissions, and I know he will. So, Corey, good luck in Orlando. Throw away those Crocs. Well, actually, in Orlando, they might actually like those Crocs. May the Force be with you, Corey. The Force will be with you. Always. We have a Sithless website. Please check it out. We have the pictures from New York already up there. Uh We have some cool merch up there. We have links to Making Star Wars on there. Please check out our new website, thesithless.net. You can check us on Facebook and on Instagram, The Sithless. You can check us on Twitter. You can find me at the Sithless Boo. At the Sithless Boo. Mr. Gonzalez. At Less is More 78. And I believe you can find the hair at Eric Strothers. Strothers. We have a hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. And leave some iTunes reviews. Pretty please with sugar on top. We really <laughs> appreciate it. All right. Are we ready to get into some box office? Now, a movie that I want to see badly, and nobody wants to see it with me no. because they're scared. Mm-hmm. The Nun. I'd, I'd actually go see it. You want to go see it? Because sure. I, I definitely want to go see it. I've heard great things about it, actually. Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema's The Nun made good on expectations, setting a new franchise opening weekend record, both globally and domestically, and delivering the second largest September opening ever. Meanwhile... STX's release of Peppermint, and that's the one with... with Jennifer Garner. She's uh, all Kill Bill out. She's back to Alias. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Delivered on expectations, and Mission Impossible Fallout became Tom Cruise's highest grossing worldwide release of all time. This was amazing to me. $725 million globally for Mission Impossible Fallout. So good for you, yeah. Tom Cruise. You crazy son of a bitch. And, and, and the crazier part is, is that's number six, seven? Mission Impossible's? That's number six, I believe. Six. Yeah. To I make believe. His, his most at number six, and it can only get better from here, that's nuts. Yeah. And this is all coming from boxofficemojo.com. And if you've been to the movies lately, there's a good chance that you've seen a Warner Brothers release, because right now, Warner Brothers is killing it. They have three huge movies in the theaters, The Meg, Crazy Rich Asians, and this week's The Nun. And they have all overperformed. They are kicking ass. It was the year of Lucasfilm, and I'm sorry, Disney pretty much, Lucasfilm, Marvel, Pixar, Disney releases, but right now, um, Warner Brothers is just running the show, so good for you, Warner Brothers. You'll probably be bought out by Disney next year. <laughs> Don't let that happen. That, that cannot happen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Damn it. I'm just saying. <laughs> stand tall and stand strong, Warner. 
So it's a little bit to stand tall when uh, when you're like well, two well, foot two, and then the guy and, next to you is seven. Antitrust foot nine. laws will come through and say no freaking way. Yeah, that's, right? that's not gonna happen. Yeah, there's no damn way. No way, Bugs Bunny is coming to Disney. That is not happening. Disneyland cannot own Magic Mountain too. I would I would love to see Bugs <laughs> Bunny at uh, at Disneyland. That'd be great. Maybe like a like a like a boxing match between Bugs. It's happened Bugs, one time. Bugs would fight. You know, he does the boxing. It's thing. happened yeah, exactly, once, yeah. fellas, and it was called Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and that's it, people. <laughs> We're good. Hey, what's up, Doc? Jumping without a parachute, kind of dangerous, ain't it? Yeah, yeah uh, you could get killed. Huh? Mickey and Bugs hanging together. Oh, that was actually pretty damn cool. Okay. That was good. really cool. It was. Yeah. That was Ain't really I cool. a stinker? Yeah. And, 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 and please don't remake that movie. Please. Please no. do not reboot that. Re- Leave it. No. It's classic. You know, like we said before, Mr. Shruthers is not with us today, but he is in a weird way. So we're going to listen to a little Star Wars talk. What's up, guys? It's Eric. We're doing things a little different this week, mostly due to Araja's vacations aplenty lifestyle that he enjoys so much, which admittedly I'm jealous, but good for him. Good for him. So in Star Wars, by the time you're listening to this, Solo is available in home release, streaming only. The Blu-ray isn't for another couple of weeks, but... In the wake of that, there have been a couple of cool things pop up, which I will get to in a minute. But before we get to that particular thing, there has been an update on the Star Wars YouTube channel of uh, Star Wars Resistance. So there's a video called The Aces where you get to meet some of the key characters in the show. It's too long to play on here. It runs close to five minutes. But uh, it's you know what? I got to tell you, it's dragging me in. I didn't know if it would, but it... I was planning on watching it anyway, but it's sucking me in. The, the people playing the characters seem really stoked about it. The people who have created these characters and who are behind the scenes, they really are into the project, which I honestly, I wasn't really sure how big of a deal this was to anybody involved just because Lucasfilm hasn't made a big deal out of it. But check it out. It's really cool. And I think it can win some people over who aren't currently planning on watching the show. Regardless of what you think about any of that, the visuals, the animation, fantastic. I really, I really dig it. There was an interview in Forbes with Ray Park, who, of course, played Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace and in Solo, A Star Wars Story. And the the thing that caught my eye in this is that they talk about how apparently he spoiled or... Well, I mean, maybe if not spoiled, at least teased his appearance in the solo movie on his Instagram account, which I guess he's gone back and deleted some of the posts, but I had never seen that before. So maybe people assumed he was talking about a possible Kenobi movie or something. I don't know. But anyway, I'm glad I didn't see it. I'm I'm glad I didn't figure it out ahead of time. The surprise was definitely a good experience whether whether you like it now or not after the fact it was <laughs> it was definitely a shock and i had no idea it was coming also ray park on twitter he <laughs> had to address that he thought it was ridiculous that people were calling him fat saying that he looked fat in solo <laughs> man that's a weird bar to set right there i 
I personally think it's dumb. That dude is in killer shape. He's definitely better shape than me. Well, that's not saying a whole lot, but calling the guy fat. I mean, what, what does that even do anyway? The other thing I want to take a look at is some news about Galaxy's Edge. This is from an article uh, on makingstarwars.net, and it's information from the DSNY newscast. It's a synopsis of a whole lot of details about the, quote, upcoming immersive Star Wars experiences at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. So one of the big things, it runs down through some characters. It's definitely worth a read, but one of the things I want to get to is this. It says, there is Doc Ondar. Okay, keep that in mind. Read the rest of that article. It's really cool. But let's take a jump to this. So, again, solo home release streaming. John Kasdan had a tweet about four layers deep that were screen grabs of just a bunch of text that he had typed it entitled 52 Useless Solo Factoids and Tidbits for Anyone Who's Interested. It's definitely worth a read, okay? Some of the stuff is like, yeah, who cares? Some of it is interesting. Some of it's probably only interesting to the people who worked really closely with the project. But something that I found interesting is that he mentions several times, he refers to them as C and P. You know, it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They had a lot of good stuff in here. Some of the some of people's favorite parts of the movie were things that were conceived by them. Chewbacca being in the pit and being referred to as the beast and that whole bit, that was all 100% them. Another point is that originally there was a fourth member of Beckett's crew named Corso. And I'm in the middle of the solo novelization and he had been mentioned in the uh, Memban sequences of the story. And apparently there are some shots in the movie where you can actually still catch glimpses of him. But uh, Kasdan says his performance was great, but given the hectic environment, it became confusing to introduce that character. We were going to immediately kill off. And, you know, I'd, I'd say we had a couple of characters like that, but the notion was going to be that he was, he was gigantic. And after losing him, Chewbacca made a good replacement for the muscle that the guy provided. Probably one of my favorite things to see is that Aaron Kellyman, who played Emphas Nest, was a discovery of Nina Gold and Lorda Miller's. What I get out of this is that the character of Emphas Nest was planned to be a woman the whole time as opposed to some of the speculation that it was decided at the last minute for whatever reason. It was intentional the whole time. Also, a little bit of a side note here, that in some of the drafts of the script, emphasis number two was going to be Bosk, who would have abandoned her at the end of the movie because he's a bounty hunter, soldier of fortune. So, okay. And so now back to the Galaxy's Edge thing and the character Doc Ondar. Kira casually references an Ithorian antiquities dealer named Doc Ondar. Remember that name. You'll see it again someday, Gaston writes. There it is, all tied back together. I didn't recognize that name whenever I saw it in print. And so now that the movie's out, I'm going to have to go and search it out and see if I can find it. 
There are some other cool points in here, but those were the big ones I wanted to hit. Definitely go check it out. You know, whether you like or don't like John Caston, there's some cool tidbits in here. So give it a go. I don't really have anything else. I guess the only other thing I can say is, is don't wreck the special features for everybody who happens to be holding out for the physical Blu-ray release. All right. Give them a chance to <laughs> give them a chance to see it before they have to hear all about it. Well, I guess that's all I got. So until next week, I am out. All right. So, Mr. Struthers, thank you so much for that Star Wars report. We really, really appreciate it. Can't wait to talk to you, man, next week while we're back on schedule. Now, time for some random schmeals. And we want to start off this whole thing with a moment of sound. We haven't done a moment of sound in a long time. I remember back in the day when it was just Boo and I doing mm-hmm. it. A bunch of people passed away. And instead of a moment of silence, we said, fuck it. Let's do a moment of sound to celebrate somebody's life. And unfortunately, the great Burt Reynolds passed away last week. And growing up in the 80s and 90s even, Burt Reynolds was a huge part of cinema. For me, even though he was really, really big in the 70s, um, seeing all those Smoking the Bandits, Cannibal Runs, Deliverance, which is, by the way, if you like, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you heard the intro, and, as, and that was the uh, trailer for Deliverance, mm-hmm. the original trailer that we played. And it was actually Burt Reynolds' favorite film to this day. He said, that's the one that I want people to remember me by. It was a great performance. He was nominated for an Academy Award, I believe. But he was a great actor, a sex symbol in the 70s, and uh, he had that swag. Here is Burt Reynolds' Moment of Sound. For the good old American life. For the money, for the glory, and for the fun. Mostly for the money. Where are we going? No, don't tell me. Let me guess. We are a bride in search of a wedding. No. No? There is a wedding in search of a bride. We're getting up a football game against the guards. Machines are going to fail. And the system's going to fail. And then... And then what? Then survival. Who has the ability to survive? That's the game. Survive. All right, there you have it. Mr. Reynolds, rest in... I don't want to say rest in peace, Burt Reynolds, because nothing you did was very peaceful. I mean, you, <laughs> you're, you caused a ruckus. So whatever, wherever you're at, I hope you're just causing a ruckus and having a good time. Showing uh, off you will be mustache. missed. Yeah, showing off that beautiful stash of yours. Yeah. What do you remember about Mr. Reynolds there, Les? Smokey and the Bandit, obviously, The Longest Yard. God, oh, yeah. I forgot about that, yeah. One of the mm-hmm. pretty cool sports first films like, of all football time. movies, yeah. yeah. And brought back by Adam Sandler to be in, this, in the remake. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was, and that, that was pretty cool. That was my... But watching Deliverance was... Uh, wow. Like you said, so we're, we're around the same age, obviously. So he was a big star in the 70s. Like yeah, he we didn't was get to see those movies at in the, the theater. the height of his powers, like, you know, Gator uh, and a bunch of other movies like that. When I saw Deliverance, uh, that was intense. It was like, I think it was 10 when I first saw it. Ooh. And I was like... <laughs> you were 10 years old when you saw Deliverance? But it was the TV version, so it wasn't oh, the whole oh, thing. Still, but then I finally... a lot. My, my, my dad and I were... And I was like, what's this? And, and it was what I... didn't see it from the beginning, but I saw... You know, he comes down the waterfall and his leg breaks and he like I guess he actually broke his leg and 
There was, was all like, kinds of yeah. There's like a documentary just, about the filming of that movie. Just, just John Voight was fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Intense. Thank then God. I finally watched it a few years later when I was like grown, and I'm like, holy shit, man! This is <laughs> yeah. holy cow! That like movie damn. Was... And then Cannibal Run was just campy and funny. That's and so I, great. Man. I couldn't watch them though because they were too racy at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kids, and it was always they... with Dumb DeLuise was in it. Mm-hmm. He was and you know, great. In any like best little whorehouse in Texas. Yeah, with like, Dolly Parton. That's right. All these. Uh... And by the way, don't forget, his resurgence was Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yes. And he was, was nominated. For, he was nominated for Academy Award for That's that one right. as well. And. Uh, He's pissed about that too. I think he won an Academy he, Award for he, that. I he think did. he won. I think he won Best Supporting Actor and for then, Boogie Nights. Uh, yeah, he won for that. Yeah, he did. And I know we're all about representation now, and and you know wanting to see more of our own kind and all that stuff. But Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood and Chuck Norris were my guys. Like that's awesome. They were like right there. Like you know that that's who I I was like. Dude. They all had the swag. They all had something. You know, and then I'll be honest, getting to see Carl Weathers as Action Jackson, I'm like, okay, now I know what's up. Yeah. Now, now I'm good. But not to take away from Burt Reynolds. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. He was in, for me, like, as a kid, it was like, okay. But I was more like Daniel LaRusso at the time, though. No, who wasn't? <laughs> who wasn't? That <laughs> <laughs> was, was a little more achievable. By the way, we found out that Cobra Kai is going to have a panel at Comic-Con New York, which is I'm very excited about. I think that's on Sunday, I believe. Oh. So that's yes. going to be badass. If I can be in the same room as Ralph Macchio, <laughs> I just wanna, I'm just going to yell out loud, stay gold, pony boy, stay gold. <laughs> one of the most underrated films of Francis Ford Coppola, by the way, The Outsiders, one of my favorite movies of all time. Essie Hetton's classic novel comes to the screen, capturing all the intensity, all the excitement, all the emotions of youth. The Outsiders, directed by Francis Coppola. I love that fucking movie. And I, I don't think you can remake that movie. No. You can't reimagine no. a remake that because I don't think there's enough. Do it for Johnny. That's like a, in the ultimate draft class, if you think about oh, it. Oh, it is. Like, it was crazy, man. Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Emilio, Ralph Macchio, uh, C. Thomas Estevez. Howell, Emilio Estevez. Matt Dillon. Let's not forget Matt Dillon. Leif Garrett actually was in there. Yeah. And so was uh, Diane Lane. Yeah. She was Cherry. Valent. She was, Yeah. That was a great film. And people forget that it was a Coppola film. And if you go back and look at it, it is a beautifully made movie. I mean, there are a bunch of cute little boy, you know, teeny boppers in it at that time. But yes. and, uh, let's not forget a guy named Tom Cruise also was in it. <laughs> so yeah. he was in it as well. The Outsiders talk on the Sith list. I love it. Now, Boo, what do you think about Mr. Burt Reynolds? And how do you see him as, as being a millennial? My first time seeing him, I think it was an SNL skit where they were talking about his mustache. Okay. How how amazing his mustache was! was like everybody was just like enamored. So I, I always thought that was hilarious. And the man does have a fantastic stash. And then I remember seeing I can't remember which Smokey and the Bandit was, but which one it was. But myself loving car chases and stuff like that, and having a full car movie that was semi serious but still had funny jokes as a kid was oh, amazing. That thing was what you t- you talking about that movie? Yeah, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, yeah. semi serious. What? It was hilarious. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Where, where it had like, you know, with some of the stuff that was going on, but but, but entertaining as a kid. Oh, that was great. So good. Car chases. The car was awesome. The Trans Am. He actually made the Trans Am famous. So that was awesome. The Trans Am went up by 65% after that movie. Came yeah. Out. And was that a Trans Am or a Firebird? Well, we're going to find out. Our we're crack team. Crack team. is going to be on it right yeah, now. He's gonna but crack I, it. I heard something, Boo, that they gave him a Firebird slash Trans Am, which one, whichever one it was. Mm-hmm. Les is going to find out right now. They gave him one for the first four years. 
uh-huh. after for free every year. They got a brand new one. That's awesome. And they stopped after the fifth, and he called the president of, of Pontiac, and they, he asked him, how come I didn't get one? And he goes, well, because I don't like your movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, okay. <laughs> he didn't know what to say, so he's like, all right. Yeah. And then, and then I, well, you know, sadly, you find out more information after people pass, but mm-hmm. they were talking about him, and they are saying that from the late 70s to the early 80s, for almost a whole decade, he was the highest grossing actor on the globe. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, just, if he was in the movie, it was just, you're just writing checks, you're printing money, kind of thing. Just one guy is just like, yeah, I'm gonna make you some money. Just put my name and my face on, on or in your movie, and you're good to go. It was a good thing. time, man. That's, that's just, just crazy. It was just me. a good time. Mm-hmm. And when you knew, when you saw him on screen on television, you know the movie was gonna be fun at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So. And then, and then he had a fantastic role in Archer. Oh, where, I saw it. Where where he's uh, oh. Archer's dad? Yep. Well, could be Archer's dad. Could be Archer's dad. Fantastic. Yeah. That was a perfect, such a good role. perfect role for him. Yeah. They were all in awe of him, too. Yeah. It was pretty cool. 1977 T-Top Trans Am. Trans Am. Ah. That's right. Of course. The T-Top. Thank you. Yeah, I, I used to love those T-Tops, man. Yeah, they're fucking cool. They're cool, man. So people out there, if you're not familiar with Burt Reynolds' work, absolutely check out Deliverance, Longness Yard, and then get yourself into some Cannonball Run. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, Smoking the Bandit. There's some great fun. All right. Let's move along to some horror. Yeah, let's not. Let's move along to some horror because Halloween has screened at the Toronto Film Festival. I'll watch that. I will too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. I loved him in uh, Wayne's World. Ha! Sorry. Cheap joke number one of the evening. Cinema Blend's own Sean O'Connell, which, like I said before, I love this guy. I trust his, uh, his reviews in what he puts out there. This is what he had to say. The new Halloween is mean and nasty, and it takes no prisoners with regards to kills. Nice. David Gordon Green and co-writer Danny McBride, that's right, same Danny McBride you're thinking of, surpassed the body count of Carpenter's original before Michael even reaches Handafield. And the kills are disturbingly brutal, involving hammers, headbutts, long kitchen knives, boots, and much more. Boo's going to love this thing. Fuck yeah. That's, I know. I was reading that. I was like, it's awesome. <laughs> Danny McBride, by the way, and David Gordon Green got the approval from Carpenter, and Carpenter said he loved the script, and they weren't they weren't going to do it unless Carpenter signed off on liking the script. So I thought you know, that was really that, cool. that's always something that's that's cool. You know, sometimes they do the reboots and they just say we're going to go ahead and do this. The studio has control, but it's always cool when people say, "Look, we're going to pay respect in some regards to you know the creator of this and go from there." So. For Carpenter to be like, here you go, guys. I, I give this a blessing and him mm-hmm. to, them to go for it. And to just up the body count. Brutality. <laughs> it's awesome, right? Are they, are they ever going to just say that this guy's driven by like supernatural they spirits pure, of some kind? Cause... Pure embodiment of evil, maybe. Well, haven't they in one of them? Like the one of the seven or ten of the fucking have done? I don't yeah, know how those many don't count. Done. All I know is that there's one kill that I don't think will ever be surpassed by Michael Myers anywhere and he killed a dude with his thumb oh i remember that he put a thumb his thumb through a guy's forehead yeah it went to his brain he took out the the lynch mob the posse of like minutemen i don't Boo. remember that i the return I've seen... of the curse of michael myers in the curse of michael myers he crushes the, a dude's skull with his thumb is, wait a minute the, i've the seen truck I've is seen bouncing all these guys got shotgun they're like we're gonna kill this fucker man and then he's under the truck he comes out yanks two dudes off gets in the back 
smacks a gun up, jams his thumb right between some dude's eyes, dude. Like just boom, and the guy just goes, oh, and then just chucks him, dude. And I'm like, that's it. You can't <laughs> beat this guy. Ten dudes with fucking shotguns, dude. <laughs> Ten gauge shotguns. Intent on killing him. Committed. Yeah, not, they're going to do it. Yeah. Now we're going to beat this dude's ass and then go, oh, shit, I can't handle this. Yeah, yeah Mike remember that. was pretty badass. So, yeah, they got to they, they gotta step it up then. Yeah, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. thumbed all the way to the knuckle, dude. Into that dude's head. <laughs> well, we have some more horror news. I mean, this is great because we're getting close to Halloween. So, it, too, has some news coming out. Coming out of a variety, there's a crazy scene that has to do with the Losers Club defeating Pennywise, and mm-hmm. it's called the Ritual Ritual of Chud. Chode? Chud? Chud. Ritual of Chud. Chud. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, let's hope not. Yeah. Let's not hope it's not the Ritual of Chud, because I don't want to see that either. Involving all kinds of bizarre metaphysics and tongue biting. It's material that's actually kind of hard to fully imagine if even when you're reading the book. But according to the screenwriter, Gary Duberman, Fans will definitely see a cinematic take on it in Chapter 2. This is what he had to say. The ritual of Chud is challenging, but it's such an important component to the book that we had to address it. That stuff is difficult to balance, but because director Andy Muschietti... Muschietti. <laughs> Did I just say Muschietti? Yeah. Mush- don't Muschietti. I don't want to Muschietti. I don't want to Muschietti. Be nice. Want to to be, be nice. No, yeah. Producer Barbara Muschietti. Muschietti. I think I'm just going to call her Muschietti. Yikes. <laughs> and I worked with each other before when I'm writing pages and all that stuff. It becomes more of a conversation and less like, hey, here's what I did. It's sort of organic. It's really kind of just chipping away at the stone and trying to find the most focused, accessible way into some of more metaphysical aspects of the book. So it looks like we're getting some crazy shit and it too. What do you say, Mr. Gonzalez, because you just finished the audiobook, correct? Yes, yes I did. Uh, Can this work? The Ritual of Chode. It's a, like basically a battle of the wills. I understand what they did to take it out of the first one because they're kids. You know, it's more of a physical, let's just believe in ourselves and believe in, you know, being confident and not afraid to take it on. So that's understood. But as adults, this aspect is something they can add and go, okay, maybe we have to do something different than, you know, beating them up and showing them that we weren't afraid of it. it like I said, it's more of like a psychic showdown, like, telepathic kind of thing right where they just the idea is that they base they both start meditating and they end up on like an astral plane and with stephen king yeah it's weird because it goes into like you know the beginning of time and the turtle like all this just, just all these different things that stephen king likes to bring into the story but for them to streamline it and just go okay look we're all going to get behind bill bill's going to stare down pennywise and actually look into the deadlights right the, those three eyes yeah and then we go from there, and it switches into like an astral plane. Then that 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 can work. Can they play Kanye West's flashing lights when he looks into the deadlights? That'd actually be pretty cool, man. That was old Kanye was so good, wasn't he? That was man. When I first heard flashing lights, <sighs> I was like, I, I called you around, I'm like, get that song, listen to flashing Dude, lights. My, I remember. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean the. That run of Kanye, I remember just listening to the apartment, listening to him, and just going out. Oh man, his music is actually still good. He's it's just nuts. Good. He's just fucking nuts. Yeah, but. the 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 the, oh. the beats that he's creating right now, if he could, if he could take some of the you know the lyrics out of it, are pretty fucking bitching. Still love for Kanye. Mm-hmm. But yeah, change the song to Deadlights, and it will be better. Ooh. By the way, we want to do a shout out for our two of the coolest females out there in the fandom. 
and that is Jesse and Rebecca. We um, want to give a shout out because they are coming out with a podcast, mm-hmm. and it's called You're Creepy. Go on Twitter, follow them at You Creepy, and look at the artwork because Mr. Evan Cellis did the artwork, and they're going to yes. talk about creepy shit that happens to people. Check them out. I can't wait for their podcast. These two people are amazing peeps, and if, if the podcast is anything like they are, then it's going to be straight gold. It gets the Sith list seal of approval before we even listen to it. That's right. Bam! It's a comic book movie and TV news, but this is not really TV or movie news. Disneyland, obviously we know, has dedicated an entire park to Star Wars. If you go to Disneyland, I'm sure Boo saw it on Monday. I did. It looks pretty fucking cool, huh? Yep. It's getting, uh, what is it, uh, and it was the last time I was there two or three months ago, you can only see like one of the, I guess like fake stone towers that they have. Yeah. There's like seven of them now and they're still building and stuff like that. So it's really cool. And then they've they've started a California adventure. They've blocked off a certain section where they're going to build Marvel land or whatever they're going to call that. Well, it looks like Boo is just uh, doing the uh, show notes here, because yeah. that's exactly what we're talking about right oh, now. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Boo's right. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about. A Bugs Land closed down for good at Disney's California Adventure just that's a couple of days ago, and Boo did see mm-hmm. works have begun on the new Marvel-themed area, and it looks like Disney's found the perfect company to handle the construction. They have a whole thing called Stark Industries. It had long been rumored that Disney Parks were planning a Marvel superhero expansion at Disneyland, but it was only a few months ago that the theme park giant confirmed that a new Avengers-themed area would be built at Disney's California Adventure. Aren't you happy, Boo, that you have a pass now? It, well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Who do you need to thank for that? Brittany Brown. That's right. Brittany Brown. <laughs> thank you, Brittany Brown, for making them get a pass. Thank you, honey. Unfortunately, to help make room for this new land in existing area, a Bugs Land had to close down. But who gives a fuck that Bugs Land closed down? Because we're getting an Avengers area. We are very, very stoked. This is going to be great. What do you guys want to see in that land? With that area, what I think would be great to see is different, I guess, sets or set pieces. Like I would like to see the lab that, uh, that Tony Stark has in the Stark Tower kind of thing that we see in uh, age of Ultron different areas like that. Maybe even like uh, where captain America was, you know, went from just regular Steve Rogers to, you know, uh, captain Steve Rogers and that kind of thing, different areas of creation, I guess, maybe like a, like a portion of it being Wakanda kind of thing. I think that'd be very cool to see just people walking around in the, you know, in, because Disney does a great job of having their cast members dressed up exactly like the characters that they're portraying you know they have cinderella or captain america or something like that seeing you know iron man walking around they even have a uh a black panther um the the dora milaje yeah yeah yeah, where where t'challa's on the top of like a like a truck or something like that and the dora milaje are walking with him it's fucking awesome it's very cool you know shit like that just more of that should be incredible and then having all the other you know little knickknacks you know the cups and things like that whatever else you can buy just could be incredible so yeah so, so certain set pieces that are important to, and then also seeing like an exhibit of the weapons and tools of Marvel, you know, Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield, the suits, you know, stuff like that um, would be just incredible. You know, they're going to have a sort of the stone thing with Thor's hammer. They have to, where you have to try to lift it. Just yeah. See, and see somebody gets worthy. to once every like 5,000 times or something like this. Yeah, oh. They get to actually like nudge it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just nudge it. Oh my God. I nudged it. I'm yeah. worthy. 
Yeah. <laughs> so what you were saying, Carlos, some of that stuff they could probably actually make their own land. Like I could see them doing a Wakanda like mm-hmm. theme in yeah. in Orlando. Oh yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's big enough where they go, okay, we're gonna turn because I mean they could actually turn the mm-hmm. wild animal their their animal kingdom to Wakanda. They could, they could. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they could legit do something like that. Pay me for that idea, guys, please. Disney. I need a consulting <laughs> please fee. Send checks to I need, I need <laughs> a consulting fee checks. at Lesson Four Seventy Eight. Let's talk about this. <laughs> send checks. <laughs> please send uh, checks that he'll not pay us with, but he'll take it himself and run away. And he won't buy us the fantasy cars and Calling me cheap, man. I'm not fantasy calling you cheap. Yeah, thank you. Fantasy, fantasy going to get paid for this because your fantasy going to get paid for it. That's right. <laughs> and your fantasy not going to hook us up. That's cool. Yeah. Ultimately, I don't know what to expect. I kind of don't. I, I what I would love to see is them go back into like that one time where you know, like Universal does the Waterworld stunt show. Ooh. And do like a stunt themed like Avengers versus. Hydra or oh, that'd be cool. or something like that or just like a random fight breakout out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like you're walking all of a sudden like boom like something yeah. you know and you're like oh whoa whoa there's like, there's like a big ass fire Spider-Man and we're going at it and you know and they're like oh, swinging away awesome. and they just like run off somewhere and you're like holy cow did you see that? Like, <laughs> yeah you know just like oh but I mean that would cause some heart attacks and have people scared to death. It's worth it. I, I would definitely be okay with that. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's what the so uh, cool. defibrillators are for. That yeah, they, well, they have to have them there too. So <laughs> personally, that would be something I would like to see. That may be just a bit ambitious and over the top. I mean, and maybe the the hotel is all immersive, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. maybe it would just be more like what you said, it's like a museum like set. Pieces. Well, no, I think it's just going to be a little. It's not going to be as elaborate as what exactly Galaxy is going to be. But yeah. what I would love for them to do is actually correlate it with events in the movies. Oh, so like some a new movie comes out. So in like section you know how like uh, Thanos has snapped his fingers and like legit, you just everything's just apocalyptic. But that's gonna that's I mean it's you know what I mean. The movie's already happened. Yeah. It's too close. But you know what I'm saying. Like right. have actual events that happen in the movies reflect in the park. Yeah, I think that's gonna happen. And that would be for me. That's what I would like to see. Then more. Than I'd like anything. to see. You know how Universal? If you haven't been to Universal, people they have this thing called Kong the Experience, where King Kong is above you and mm-hmm. it's like this. Kind of like this 3D and 4D kind of experience. Like a hologram? I would like that. It's like, it's. I think it's hologram and it's actual puppetry. Yeah. Practical effects. I th- <laughs> I would like to see a Hulk version of that. That'd be the shit. How cool would that be? Like he's right next to you mm-hmm. and he like does something. Even though I'm not a huge Hulk guy, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's another question I have. That, well, of course they're going to have rides, but do we know how many? No, we don't know anything yet. We don't know anything. No, we don't know anything. They surprised everybody by putting that Stark Industries thing on there. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's it, pretty it cool. is pretty cool. I mean, so yeah, you would probably maybe get Avengers Tower. Yeah. And then get Stark's Machine Shop, like you said, mm-hmm. and, and then maybe be able to go up and down and just check out the armory and check out that kind of stuff. But I really would love to, to see them try mm-hmm. to like... Well, see, see, okay, but see, when you, you could bring do that in up, a 3D, right? Th- what I'm saying is when that you bring cool. up stuff like that, you could actually take the model of Galaxy's Edge and that all immersive thing and do something like that. Like you I could, said, you with could, Wakanda. I, I just don't think they're going to spend that much they money. They can't now. spend that kind of money. And, it, and if they would, it would make sense for them to do it in Orlando. Did we, did we just say that Disney can't spend that kind of money? Well, no, I said they're not going to. Not, they're not can't. going to. Let's <laughs> just say can't, but they can't. Yeah, I said can, but you're right. To. Not going to. <laughs> they're not going to go full bore on something without seeing how Galaxy Edge does. Yeah. Yes, because those things, that can, like I said, they can be done in Orlando. 
You yeah. know, you get you turn the animal kingdom into Wakanda, and then you build an Asgard and go, "Hey guys, welcome to Asgard." Yeah. But then that's that's you start talking about overkill and what are we right. going to do here? Are they going to turn Epcot into something else? You know, like but we're talking about Anaheim. We're talking about where we are, where we can actually go. Boo can go whenever he wants. Oh yeah, because he's got a pass. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for all of us to get one. It's time for everybody to come down to Anaheim. That's so right. So we people. can say hi to you guys. And I, and I just hope that they have a. Uh, a gauntlet there, an infinity gauntlet. Oh, you know they're going to have a that, that you can put on, that lights up and everything. That would be the shit. No. Oh. One better. Oh. Wow, you're what's better around, than the gauntlet? Hold on, you're walking around and you see like glinting of the infinity stones somewhere, like random, like hidden uh-huh. in a tree or something. You're walking, you're like, what the hell? Oh, there's a time stone over there. Like, like <laughs> just scattered, yeah. just embedded in places. And then all of a sudden, like you get to another place and then you have the gauntlet. It'd be, it, you know, how they have like stormtroopers walking around. You have Thanos walking around looking down upon you. You'd be like, yeah, they will. Yeah. Yeah. He's a look down at you. You'd be like, oh, if yeah. you go to California you're, Adventures, they already you're have part all of the, the half. That means gone. nighttime would be freaking awesome because they could do Spider Man dicking around mm-hmm. out there. No, listen, if you go to California Adventures now, you will see Spider Man walking around. You see Groot, a tall ass Groot. Yeah, he's, he's pretty awesome. amazing. He's awesome. They're already doing it. Captain America's walking around. They're already prepping it up for this. And they've been doing it for about a summer and a half now. See, so see, okay, so that's what that's what I want to see. Then I want to see random ass fights. Like, <laughs> legit. No, if I'm in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and wouldn't that be awesome? I know you hated it at Celebration because you were fucking trying to go to sleep, but oh, random dudes came oh, fucking... click clacking everybody. Wouldn't it be sick. All of a sudden, you just look up and there's a full blown lightsaber duel. Like there will be kind of mm-hmm. off somewhere, and you're like, oh, and yeah, just, there will be. That will that's happen. what I'm saying. Not like, only that's going to happen, you're going to see some crazy shit where you are going to be able to hold a lightsaber and battle off lasers and lights right. at you from so, drones. That's happening. Imagine the Punisher in a full blown quick little battle with like three I'm monsters. I'm feeling that Punisher will not be at this theme park. So. I'm just saying, I had that's the only thing that came to mind for me as a comic book guy. Yeah, so, but I have a feeling that. I mean, that would be just. I mean. Just kind of tone down the brutality, but it's not gonna it, happen. Yeah, you're yeah. not gonna have Punisher. He's not gonna put his thumb through someone's forehead. No. no. <laughs> well, this is a great segue because we have what, thumbs through foreheads. We've talked about thumbs twice through foreheads. Mike Myers and now the Punisher, but we have a an Avengers and for some information about the Avengers four, and we have a voicemail from King Tom. But let me read this before we do it. King Tom's Mark Ruffalo recently spoke to Avengers four about Avengers 4 and the reshoots, revealing that the ending of the Phase 3 conclusion hasn't been completed as of yet. As he tells it, we were, well, we're doing reshoots starting in September, and then we'll go back into international tour, we'll go on tour, then you guys will get the second installment, which we don't even know what it's going to be yet. We're not just doing reshoots, we're going to finish the movie, which we really didn't get to finish totally when we left it last year. So the movie isn't done. This is pretty cool. I'm happy about this. So the movie isn't done. They're gonna they're doing reshoots starting now, I guess in September, and they're going on an international tour. And that is from the man who likes to leak a lot of information, the Hulk himself, you Bruce Banner, Mark can't Ruffalo. Keep his mouth shut. You can't keep his mouth shut, and we love him for it. Mm-hmm. Now listen, let's listen to King Tom because he has a voicemail, and I think it has to do with uh, the Avengers. Hey there, Sith listeners. It's King Tom. So I was reading in the news, and there's this. See, I've seen a few places that Marvel is currently doing reshoots or pickup shooting for Avengers 4, Infinity War 2, whatever you guys want to call it. And this, the stories have cited several sources saying that either they have rewritten the ending or they haven't written the ending yet. And I want to ask you guys, what do you think about this? 
because part of me says, well, wait a minute. This is Marvel's biggest movie in the 10 years they've been making movies. Everything is leading to this. They have phases and phases planned out after this. They should know how this is ending. But then I start thinking about it. And, you know, it could not, it could be, well, they know the ending, but how are they getting, how they're going to get there is what they're working on. Or even that it's good that they're flexible about this because probably when they started writing this, they had no idea the popularity of Black Panther. They had no idea that Ragnarok would make as big a change at, to Thor as it did and that it would be that well received. And then I also think like something like, the show How I Met Your Mother, where it was a great show at the start. Middle parts were very good. Um, but they had the, the the ending of that show written out from day one, and they stuck to it, and last season was bad. And the last episode was really bad in that it, a lot of stuff that had been set up before that that they had done in the previous seasons was kind of betrayed by this last episode that they had to stick the ending because they had it planned out all along. So Part of me is saying, and, and I'm beginning to think this way, well, maybe it's good that Marvel is flexible with this. Anyway, I wanted to see what you guys thought. Um, so thank you for listening. Keep up the great podcast. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. All right, King Tom, thank you for that voicemail. Well, here, I have. let's see. Do I think that they know what's going on at the end? Well, if we believe Mark Ruffalo, no, they don't. But I don't fully believe Mark Ruffalo. So what I think, I heard that last Avengers film, obviously Infinity War, that the actors all perished at the end. Every single one of them is what the rumor was, that they filmed every one of them dying, and they had no idea which one was which until they saw the premiere. So I think that they have a general idea of what's going on, but again, I don't think they know fully the end game, as Doctor Strange would say. What do you got on this, Les? I mean, they, they have to know. I think this is just a... A, a parrying move to like you know fend people off or just throw a red herring i would say but you don't think that they pulled something or they're going to pull something like they did last one where then they don't know exactly who's going to be gone who's going to actually die i'm thinking they may want to they may be thinking okay we wanted we shot all the death scenes and maybe we want to rearrange that you know bring people back obviously and then go okay let's rearrange who we wanted to keep off okay because it's all going to be different no matter what so what we're gonna what we got in infinity war it's going to be completely different okay i mean it's just going to be that way and then i think what should happen is we actually get maybe they're going to find a way to actually give us the pieces together as a whole after the dust settles. You know what I mean? Like going, okay, this is going to be the team that we're going to see for the next phase of Marvel movies. Yeah. So personally, I mean, them saying they don't know what's going on, I still trust them. Oh, yeah. I don't trust Mark Ruffalo, but I still trust the Russo brothers and Disney Kevin Marvel. Fige. Yeah, and Kevin Fige, Feige, all of them. I trust what they're doing. I trust the process. I mean, I hear they have, yeah, they're dry. This is a Ferrari. They can't, you, you really almost can't mess it up. You're going to have, and people are going to deal with the aftermath and just say, okay, this is what we expected, or you're going to not expect it, 
I would assume everyone will generally be okay with it. And like I said before, I think people give Marvel the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't agree with the film, they still think the film is great no matter what. Complete opposite of what they think about DC. I think they give DC the opposite kind of opinion where they well, think it's shit no matter what. Um, and for, you know, for... Well, it isn't like Star Wars because Star Wars is ride or die. Like, Yeah, it's not like Star Wars I've never seen anything like yeah, this in my like life. The, me being introduced to all of this and being a part of this and seeing over the last couple of years. Wow. I think it was the Marvel thing isn't like Star Wars because we haven't had Marvel films for 40 years, you know. That too. I, and you have the diehard crazy old school Star Wars fans that just don't want to give up. Right. And they're, and they're hashtag not my Star Wars bullshit. Yeah. But, but Marvel it's it's been practically a new thing what 20 years or 10 years? Well, no, but the thing is years, too as years, comic book people who read comics before that, yes, yes, we're just yes. used to someone dying and coming back. And there someone was dying there was back. some so, uh, there was some negative uh, you know uh, feelings towards the initial Marvel movies when they first came out because of those hardcore comic fans. Right. But they have died out because they put out some quality stuff. Yeah, and they, fans they, like you, Les, and probably Boo that mm-hmm. read comics and saw it on screen. They you begin to say, okay, well. This was a great movie, even though it isn't exactly how the comics are. Yeah. All right. What do you think about this? Do you think about them knowing or not knowing? They know. They know. They, 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 know? They, they have a general idea of what they want. Mark Ruffalo might not know exactly, which is fine with me. But no, but they, the, 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 the Russo brothers have an idea of how the movie's going to end. They just might tweak it or you know, change this or change that. Nothing too much. But they know. Yeah, they I think so too. They definitely know. Uh, it might not be set in stone yet, which is fine, which is fine because, you know, they, you know, what is it? Uh, nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. You know, sometimes even when they put out a movie, they're like, I could have changed that or I could have right. fixed this, which is fine. But um, no, they know. They definitely know what they're doing or uh, how they're going to end it and all that. And and they're going to stick to it. They're going to stick to it. They're not going to change anything. So, yeah, no, they, they, they definitely, definitely. Well, Hemsworth, remember Hemsworth said a while back when, Infinity War came out that if you think this one was crazy, wait till the mm-hmm. second one comes out because you're all going to be surprised. That means he has a general idea of what's going on. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. We have some big news coming out of DC. Some crazy news. I actually couldn't believe it when I first heard it that there's going to be a major shakeup in DC and Henry Cavill, my man, is not going to be Superman anymore. Hollywood Reporter broke this this last week, a couple days ago. And it looks like they are parting ways, uh, DC and Henry Cavill. The British actor who first donned the blue suit in 2013's Man of Steel and then starred in 2016's Batman vs. Superman and last year's Justice League is set to be hanging up the red cape. Warners had been trying to enlist Cavill, who most recently co-starred in Mission Impossible Fallout, for a Superman cameo in Shazam, which stars Zachary Levi, of course, and will be out on April 5th. But contract talks between Cavill's WME reps and Warner Brothers broke down, and the door is now closing on their potential Superman appearances. So what is being said out there in Hollywood land is that Cavill had a major scheduling situation when they were filming Fallout, and that's how that whole mustache fiasco happened. Yes. And um, they've been trying to get him to come in Shazam, like this article said, and he is being kind of a pain in the ass about it. And then he went and he said, okay, I'm going to be in The Witcher. And that's a series for Netflix. 
and the thing about the Witcher is he has to maintain that look. So the long right. hair and the full facial hair. Right. And Warner's like, can you just come do stuff right now? And he's like, I'm already rolling with Netflix. Yeah. And I can't change this look. It's right. six months out of the year. I'm sorry. Like, so what do you want me to do? So this kind of forced the DC's hand. hand. Yeah. This kind of sucks because I really like them. And now we have to get used to a whole other Batman, a whole new Superman. It seems like this might be their chance to shake things up completely. And let's see what's, what's going to happen and where it goes. Kind of bummed out. I said maybe, maybe that he was offered the James Bond role. Well, well that too might come up. But I, I thought this wasn't a done deal. Well, it's, That's, that was my understanding. Well, I saw, still... I saw Zack Snyder talk about how great Henry was for Man of Steel and well, how everything he's, say, he's kind of saying his goodbyes, Henry Cavill. Not that Zack Snyder's involved anymore, but it looked like the tweet that I read from Zack Snyder, like he had some information. Something is up because... I don't think Cavill wants to do it anymore. I'm just going to say this. Something is up to make Henry Cavill walk away from Superman. You understand. These, like, are, these are roles that This is Superman. Yeah. Like, Okay, but think about this. Think about your Henry Cavill. You have been in the, one of the biggest movies of the year that wasn't a DC film. True. And he was a badass in it. True. You have a show on Netflix coming out that's going to be pretty cool. Very a la Game of Thrones-esque meets fantasy and all this stuff. And it could be huge for him. And he is trying to become James Bond. Everything he's done for DC has gone shitty. True. If you think about it. Except for Man of Steel, which some people think it was shitty as well. Everything else he's done has a negative connotation to it. So maybe he doesn't want to do this anymore. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with DC and the shit show that's in DC. That, and he's that, ready to launch his career in another way. He's already got that launch. I just feel... I get what you guys are saying. Superman's Superman, a role that you don't give up. You should be fighting for... You know, as Henry Cavill, I'd be like, look, we need to do more things. This is Superman we're talking about. Right. This is not... I, I don't even have a... Well, when you start bitching about your about schedule and not wanting yeah. to shave your mustache... Then you're turning you, into... I don't give a rip anymore. all of a sudden, your schedule's wide open for The Witcher. That just tells me something. So, yeah, no. So someone either rubbed him the wrong way or yes. he just said, you know what? And and that made him go, okay, look, this is happening, this is happening, I need to get this going, yeah. It's just, come on, DC, you... And somebody said Superman and Batman are roles like James Bond, you don't have to have the same guy. No, you really don't, Right. but you don't need to have this dumpster fire, is what I'm saying. Because now this overshadows what we saw for Shazam, the trailer for Shazam, and what we saw as would could be something they can build on going forward. This right here, this kind of news completely overshadows that. Now. And by the way, but maybe this is a chance for the new Superman to be revealed at the end of Shazam. And then we see who the hell it is. I personally think they don't need Superman. I think they were going to just do a little cutscene at the end. Is yeah. that what I think? Well, I personally think that they can do other Marvel, I mean, DC movies in a Justice League without Batman and Superman. Oof, I do. That's rough, dude. No, but, I do. But that's, that's, that's two-thirds of the Holy Trinity. <laughs> yeah, two-thirds dude. of what DC you, Trinity is. You're right about Holy the Trinity, Trinity Carlos. Yeah. You are yeah. correct about that. But that's I rough. really think that you can take the route of Marvel just to steal from their playbook and say, okay, look, we're bringing Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have Spider-Man. No. They didn't have control of their number one hero is Spider-Man. Flat out. Still is. To this still day, is yeah. to this day. You cannot shake that. Yeah, he is right. their the, flagship the face, character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't have him. Even though the Spider-Man movies up and down were still good. The thing is, is DC, I still think, can make 
a better Green Lantern movie. Mm-hmm. They can make Wonder Woman and carry that. They can use Shazam and do something with him and still say, look, we can build from this. We can use Flash. We can use Aquaman. Let's do the Marvel thing where things where movies like Black Panther and Doctor Strange, if we can put quality out and then say, okay, now let's try to reintroduce our Batman and Superman later. See, that's but the, that's the key thing you just said. We can put quality out. They have not put enough quality out for people not to... Because uh, the main reason why people go see the or want to go see the Justice League and want to go see, uh, what is it, Batman vs. Superman, is because they are there. They know that it's going to be a shitty product. They already, they've, they, they've already succumbed to that. But they want to go see Superman. They want to go see Batman. You take those two out, nobody's going to see shit because they know what they're already getting is shit. So they, so they have. So they to just have, have to turn it around. They just yeah. need to turn it around. God, I'm just well, thinking good right luck. now how disappointing it is that they dropped the ball on Batman Massively. versus Superman. I mean, they had it in their hand. It was a hanging curveball, bases loaded in the World Series, hanging curveball. Just don't fuck up two of the most popular characters in comic book history in a film together. Remember the hype. When and, they found out that it was going to happen? You're right. And you know what they oh, did man. to mess that whole thing up is they took two separate storylines and mashed them into one movie. Yeah, two separate iconic. Well. That was supposed to be The Dark Knight Returns. That was mm-hmm. supposed to be Frank Miller's Batman mm-hmm. right. from The Dark Knight Returns. And that battle is supposed to be Superman shutting him down. Yes. We got Death of Superman with Doomsday mm-hmm. and Dark Knight Returns. Let's just take the last two thirds of that and <laughs> shove it together into a movie. And now you fault the the, the story team. Yes, Absolutely. instead of saying we need to just go ahead and say we have this Henry Cavill, we're bringing this older Batman, we're going to do the entitle it the Dark Knight Returns because it, Batman's been gone for exactly. Bale's Batman was out for a few years, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Story team did screw up. You're and, right. And they Zach dropped Snyder the ball. Was pretty much the head of that story team. And Snyder could have said, look. Let's just do Dark Knight Returns, and then Superman comes on in, introduce Wonder Woman, who stole the show, and do that. But, yeah. I mean, to mash that up. But to just, why are you? Why are they tripping over their feet so much? Well, maybe this is an out now. Maybe this is where they completely shake, shake things up. Keep Wonder Woman. Keep Aquaman. Because you don't know That's what, what I'm saying. You don't know what so, you're going to have with that movie. So after, That's not enough. So what you do is you say, no, no, look. No, 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 I'm saying keep those two. Yeah, keep Godot and keep, keep Momoa, Godot and, keep Momoa and, and go and for it. figure out who you want to put in. Do, and definitely. keep Ezra Miller as Flash. Yeah, because we don't know that either. And then, like I said, introduce two more. Oh, keep Cyborg, obviously, and just have him buddy up with someone. That's like right. Like Cameo That's and right. buddy up. Exactly. Don't, don't do a fucking Don't stick Cyborg him movie. out there as his own movie because yeah, it fail. will bomb. And then just say, okay, guys. We're going to try to do something else and then introduce a new Superman, a new Batman. Give it to us three or four yeah, years. Bring Green from Lantern here. in. Yeah. Drag us a Green Lantern. And you have two Green Lanterns. Have Hal Jordan and have Jon Stewart. Fuck it. Have both of them. Yes. And then have Flash, have Aquaman, and give us a new Superman and Batman. And keep Wonder Woman. That's not enough. It's not. It's, oh, it is enough. What do you mean it's, it's not, not enough? Who, it's else not you, enough. who else do you want? Every, everybody everybody will be asking, where is Superman? No, no, we where just said Batman? that. Just said that. Ooh, I just Const- said that. No, I know. No, but, but that, that weight that we'll have to do or that, that will have to exist when they're making these other movies. No, no, no. Everybody no. constantly asking, where's Superman? Ooh, where's I'm not, Batman? I'm not saying make other, uh, other separate movies. I'm saying, 
have two have a new Batman and have a new Superman. Right now. In the in the Justice League. Don't right make now. separate movies. Yeah, yeah they, there's no time anymore for them what, to what do happens separate is, movies. Right, yeah, you just have to Even say Even though they are doing the Batman movie, just yes. swallow the pill and say And say, yeah, okay, we're different. doing it. We're yeah, recasting Superman it. and Batman Damn. and we're gonna go ahead and knock out a new have, Justice League. They don't movie. have Let's ten years to fix it. And just do it. That's embarrassing. No, because what they need to do is I'm just going to keep saying it. They need to go the Marvel route. Introduce Darkseid like they were trying to in Batman versus Superman. Introduce Darkseid and have a legit... Just rip it off. Just freaking rip it off and just do it. Just rip off Avengers, the first Avengers movie, and just run that shit, dude. Like, they tried to rip it off with Steppenwolf and do that thing. But, I mean, just legitimately do what's been done. Stanley ripped Thanos, ripped off Darkseid and created Thanos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just rip it off, man. Just go for it and say, we're taking, thank you for that. We're taking it and we're doing it. And just who gives a rip, dude? Just put it out there. Be done with this thing and just go for it and say, this is how we're making our movies. We brought Darkseid in. And now that it gives us a chance as a cosmic thing to bring the lanterns in again. And we're going from there. Yeah, I agree with that. By the way, they're going to do the Batman movie already, no matter what, right? Yeah. So you introduce your new Batman in that, and then Superman you introduce into Shazam, and you bring him in into the Batman film somewhere, just for two minutes. So you get a taste of the new Superman, and then for the next Justice League, you have him fully in there. You don't need to do another fucking Superman film, because this is overkill as of right now. So I think that's the only way they can do it. That's that's a that's a shitty pill to swallow. Yeah. Well, it is. It sucks. This whole sandwich is just a shit sandwich. Yeah, mm. shit, you're not kidding. Chew down, people. Take a big ass bite. Dude. Well, and I don't think they are going to take a bite. That's the problem. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you see, that's that's what I'm afraid. But of. I think we're going to have jump a, a great Wonder Woman '84, and we're going to have, I think, a, hope so. a fun, a really fun Aquaman. Uh, no, I was going to say Shazam, and I think Aquaman's going to be pretty cool, and that's pretty much it. I don't think it's going to be too like those those early reviews said. It feels like an old first phase Marvel movie, which is a lot of fun. I think that's what we're going to get. Okay. Well, this is a good segue because last week we talked about Spider-Man and we talked about Samuel Jackson. We talked about where in the hell this next Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be in the timeline. And I got a, while I was on a train going from New York City to Boston, I got a phone call from the man we know and love, Mr. Haas Burkhart from Blue Harvest and from Rogue One. Oh, man. Zitlip, motherfuckers. Look up. Recognize. And he talked to me and he's like, listen, I just want to let you know you're right, Araj. Those guys were wrong. And I don't know what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> because because the, this movie comes out after the events of Avengers Infinity War. And it's pretty much going to come out after the events of Avengers, obviously Avengers 4. It goes to my point is I couldn't, can't believe Samuel Jackson put a picture up of him on set for this Spider-Man Far From Home because that tells me that he's alive. I know he's not a massive character, but he is pretty much the leader of the Avengers and he puts them all together. So that was what I was saying is that that's a mistake to letting us know. Obviously, we know Spider-Man is going to live and obviously we know he lives now. Um, but now we know that also that uh, Nick Fury is going to live. So this is what Kevin Fijay explained while he was on a press junket for Infinity War. He was asked about the next Spider-Man, and this is what he said. What it is like to try to go back to a normal life after what happens in this movie, which he's talking about Infinity War, not to mention what happens in the next Avengers movie, which is Avengers 4. It's fun to see that because he can represent you know, the world as a whole as they try to move forward, Fijay said. 
and you can do it in a way that is totally unique and totally different than certainly the two Avengers films that people are about to see. So this is going to be a sequel to Avengers okay. 4 afterwards. That that statement's kind of interesting because it kind of says moving forward because mm-hmm. the Avengers have failed essentially in this one. In this one, they have they did fail. Whether you know, like like uh, Tony Stark says, we might fail, but we will. Uh, what is it? Avenge them. Um, but they did fail. Whenever something that big happens, people are gonna have a tarnished look at the heroes, no matter what. So with Spider-Man, he, he, he might, he might, I guess, make people feel better about heroes again. But I think. if they go back in time and it never yeah, happened, no, no, they're no, not going to know. That's what's going to supposed to happen. Know. So the statement is saying that after the second event, the, the end game of yes. Thanos, mm-hmm. and they finish it off, let's just assume everybody comes back and no Stark st- and all those guys say we're done. Mm-hmm. It's your team now, Carol, run the Avengers and Spidey's there. Then great. Now we actually have to move forward because let's be real. What happens is, is if they go back in time, everybody's going to know what happened. Yeah. All the Avengers are going to know like, holy shit, we died. Mm-hmm. The vision died. Wait a minute. If they, go, died. if they go back in time, how would they Oh, they're going to know because they're going to be told? No, they're going to know because... They did die. Yeah, they did die. But if they're going back to the future... They'll they'll know. If they they find a way to get the gauntlet (laughs) off of Thanos and use the time stone to reverse everything, Stark is still going to know that Parker died in his arms. Stark is not going to... It's not going to erase his memory. Doctor Strange has seen it. And then Doctor Strange is going to be like, okay, "Okay, you got it back. So the Avengers will know. But people out there won't know. Uh, we don't know they that. won't know about certain Avengers. They won't know about certain things. But all the Avengers in the inner circle will know. So but Fury if, will know. Y- yes, but <laughs> but if if we go off the same the same where the people who are have died will know that they died and they came back. Everybody who got dusted will know. I died. Yes, and I'm back. How? Because no, if, no, no, if, no, if, we're, if we're in this room right now and Thanos snaps his fingers and I go away, right. You guys are gonna be like, oh fuck, less is what the fuck just happened. At some point. When they get it back and reverse everything, you guys are not. It's not going to wipe your memory. You're going to be like, why? Why wouldn't it wipe your? Okay, listen. Those events. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of it of, uh, on the wrong scale and wrong way. So, it, in my head canon, I'm thinking they're going to go back. They're going to alter something in time. Yes. And not let those events happen. So, if those events don't ever happen in time. Then nobody ever dies that, in the future. Then so you what don't I'm want saying, to have the memory of dying. And you're thinking of it we're hall, longer we're than that. Pause again, by the way. Oh, no, no, but <laughs> you're thinking about you're thinking long. I'm talking about watching the manifestation of the time stone when he showed up, and after Wanda kills Vision, and he just reverses it on the spot right there. So they may have to. Oh, you're right. They may have to go back to like. A very long time in I think the past. Gonna, well, I no, I think they're going to go back to the first invasion. Okay, and that's different. If and, they go to the first invasion, right, that changes everything. And, and my theory, my head, this is all just headcanon, that Ant Man is going to tell them he's going to shoot out, and it's going to be during the first invasion, and he's going to tell them, "Listen, I'm this person, this person, and this is going to happen, and we need to change things up when shit goes down." That's in, what I'm thinking, and if, so if they change things up. They don't have the memory at that point of what happens in the future, obviously. True. So they won't so then have the it, memory. So then we're saying that it'll take place at the Battle of New York. 
and not. I'm saying they're going to be told at the Battle of New York what went down, and from there, I don't know what the fuck happened. They'll go through the portal that's up top above, and then go Star attack Tower. him on his thing, right? Yeah. And Doctor Strange would know, obviously, because he's all dimensions and all. Yeah, yeah fucking, so he might all. know, yeah. and obviously, Ant Man will know what the hell happened because he can go back and forth. But I don't think anybody else will actually okay. know. So okay. then, where so, does Spider Man fit as far as that goes? Because how he's been Spider Manning up until the the Battle of New York. Okay, so he can actually go with them then. A shitty suit, Spider Man. Avengers will all assemble. Maybe he won't even go at well, all. Well, no. At that point, he's only in. And when we see him in Civil War, he's only been Spider Man for six months. Yeah, so he won't. He he won't be Spider Man. He won't be going to but, Battle New but York. But listen, they're going. They are going to get to that point. They're going to get to a point where it's shit almost hits the fan again, but something different changes. The end game is Tony Stark doing something different. Okay, but, but you know, uh, kind of like a little callback, but when you said back to the future, so only Doc Brown and Marty McFly know about how shitty their past was. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so Marty McFly's family, his uncle is not in jail. His dad is a, is a successful writer. His mom is happy. You know, they're, they're, they're living in a better home. Biff is waxing the car. Yeah. Nobody has any idea of how shitty life was. Because it never in was Hill, in Hilldale. That's Exactly. It never so, was shitty. It so changed that's what, it. that's what you're saying yes. is that only Ant-Man will know at that point? I, only Ant-Man? Because Ant-Man's only, only one. Doctor Strange yeah, will know. Those two will only know what the... And Ant-Man won't even know the full scope. Exactly. He, he won't even know the the what no. really happened. He won't he just, know the full scope. Like, somebody shit. that's alive, somebody Would, that is alive, somehow has to communicate to him what went down. And Doctor Strange saw it, but he didn't feel it. He didn't get the full scope of seeing half the entire universe gone. Well, he might have, but I no, think, no, no. But I, I, I know seeing it in your head, oh, but living it. Oh, living it. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a difference. But that's obviously, he saw out of all those possibilities. Oh, yeah, no, he, he saw, saw it all. He saw yeah, it he all. saw it he all. Saw Tony Stark. So that's what you're saying. So then, what this statement is saying then is, Peter Parker will never freaking know no. what happened to him. That's what no. I'm saying is none of them will ever know. If so shit- why is he even saying the statement then? Because okay, because there this, is no because, what is it like to go back to a normal life. Yes, exactly. because this is why. Because somebody has to sacrifice. Even at the end, something's going to happen where you change the past, something gets fucked up in the future. So somebody and m- multiple Avengers are going to die. Not in the way you think, but they're going to be gone. So the world is going to lose uh, some of the Avengers. Captain America, let's just say. They have to move on with the fact that the shit went down still and people died, including the Avengers. So some the, the landmark Avengers. will be... The reset and the landmark will be Battle of New York, and in will say this in theory, it was during the Battle of New York that a team came together known as the Avengers and fought back Thanos mm-hmm. and the Chitari and, and died. died here. No, on this spot, and there's like a memorial or something like that. No, because then you will you won't get Black Panther, you won't get any of the new ones that we have seen. So what I'm saying is that. You're gonna get. They're gonna be told during that battle. The shit's still gonna go down. Things are gonna still happen the same. When it comes time to battle Thanos again in Wakanda, in Wakanda, things are gonna be done differently. Look, we were this close from fucking beating Thanos. We like I was an Avenger. <laughs> uh, they, they were they were this close from be, uh, beating Thanos if it wasn't for Star Lord fucking it up. Correct? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
things have to be different. Stop squabbling. Stop the uh, stop the uh, yeah, what is a it? lot of movie so, though. Stop yeah, Civil War. Civil War. The Sokovia Accords. All that Ultron is is comparative to yeah. Thanos is nothing. Yeah, that sounds stop, ridiculous when you say it out loud. Stop fucking around. Yeah, we have bigger issues. But that's going to be an impossible thing, thing to, do. to do in on film. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck this whole fuck conversation. It was a great conversation. Yeah, this is great. great yeah, yeah. And we're my, not done. We head down. Oh, so thank you, Haas, for starting that debate. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> and, uh, Haas. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> we're going to end it with an email from our friend Abel, by the way, who <laughs> sent an email specifically for you two, it looks like. Wonderful. So this is from Abel. Hi, Sithless. This is a longtime listener and first-time emailer. Had a great question that I think only Boo can answer. Well, uh-huh. maybe less, too. I just fi- finished watching the Power Rangers 2017 film. Exactly. I can't answer that because I didn't want to fucking watch it. <laughs> And the cutaway scene, they showed Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver in the TV show. Do you think that this was just fan service, or do you think he'll be in a sequel film as the Green Ranger? What direction would you go with? New Blood or keeping it old school? Thanks. Keep up the good work, Abel. So it's definitely for you two, because that can give a rat's ass. That's a great question. That's for Carlos Boo. As Carlos Boo, what do you think? Ooh. Okay, so the inner kid in me would love Love to see him reprise his role as the Green Ranger. I, that would be awesome. Was he a horny ranger? He I don't mean horny. I mean, like, did he have horns? Because like, he wore green? Yeah, 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 the green horn. Yeah, thank you. Um, I would love to see him reprise his role, but there is, there, well, wait, in that cutaway scene that he's talking about, it's in high school. It's, I believe it's in detention. He doesn't look like a high schooler anymore. That's that's an issue there. No, I thought it okay. It was in detention, and then it was also at the Af- at the battle, right? When they're you, taking yeah, down see, Goldar, and yeah, it's you him, see him and, and the Pink Ranger. I yes. guess the yes, you see him and Amy the Pink Joe Ranger. Johnson. Thank you. Yes, yeah, you see them, and they're not teenage age. Well, anymore. I guess he's saying that the actual dude from the TV show was in the cutscene. No, he was. Yeah, no, he's in the movie. So Tommy, the guy that plays Tommy, the yeah. Green Ranger, was in it. Jason Davis, but it Frank. was like a cameo. I think it was just fan service cameo. Was, that was fan service. If they like, oh. do bring a Green Ranger, it's just going to be another young person. Exactly. They'll be the Green Ranger. Yeah, okay. I would love to see him reprise the role, but it just doesn't make sense. Okay. So yeah, so it, it would have to be a new person. Plus the the new cast that they have did a pretty good job. They're they're actually a, a, a good team and good Power Rangers. So yeah, so yeah, it's bringing in new blood would be. Would be interesting, yeah. So, so that that's what they would have to do. Great question, though. Good job, Abel. Please don't ever email us with Power Ranger fucking questions anymore. Bring Just kidding. On. Just kidding, buddy. Bring them on. Bring on any question you want. The Power Rangers are what you're into. Fucking good for you. Bless your heart. <laughs> Somebody needs to be into. There's them. a major generation of people out there that love the freaking Power Rangers. Hey, Fuck God, yeah. God bless them. Mm-hmm. God bless them. I like the facts of life. <laughs> that doesn't mean I didn't like. Um, which one was the one with Arnold in it? Arnold. Arnold Drummond. What? Wow. With, with, Arnold with Power Drummond. Rangers? Gary Coleman. Uh, yeah, in, you. In, what the bleep? What in was the, the Power Rangers? Called? No, not the Power Rangers, dude. <laughs> different strokes? <laughs> different strokes. Different strokes for different folks is what you're trying to say? I'm exactly what I'm trying to say. Man, wow. that Thanos. That, thank you, Hawes. We're fucked up now, dude. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I told you okay, my head hurts, beard man. of knowledge. I'm fucking Damn. tired now. Right, yeah. I, I don't know why a, I'm bringing up a, Mrs. Garrett and Facts of Life. I need a power bar I did have a crush on Blair. Didn't like Joe very much. For all you Facts of Life fans out there. Well, there's, there's tons it wasn't of until I got older and Kim Fields stepped up her game. By the way, Kim Fields. Single. Yeah, we can't say we're into Kim Fields while we're watching the show because, you know, they were all very young. 
But when well, she we're got younger than them, when we're watching it, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I feel better about my situation right now. All right, let's just end the show right here because Jeez, we're in trouble. Really? All right, the love of you're God. Thank you guys for tuning in and thank you for listening to us. And Mr. Struthers will be back with us next week, and we're going to have some great guests on in the upcoming future. Appreciate again you guys listening, and we will catch you on episode number one eleven next week of. The Sith List. Straight from a page of your favorite author And the weather's so breezy Man, why can't life always be this easy? She in the mirror dancing so sleazy I get a call like, where are you, Yeezy? And try to hit you with the old Wapti Till I got flashed by the paparazzi These got me I hate these more than a Nazi call, I know you love the show Somebody would have told me a month ago, front and oh, yo, I wouldn't want to know. If somebody would have told me a year ago, it'd go get this difficult. Feeling like Katrina with no FEMA, like Martin with no Gina, like a flight with no visa. First class with the seat back, I still see ya in my past. You on the other side of the glass of my memories museum. I'm just saying, hey, Mona Lisa, come home. You know you can't roam As without I Caesar. Recall, I know you love to show off, but I never thought that you would take it.